0: without further delay here's another powerful episode of faith and family fellowship podcast
1: welcome back to another episode of faith and family fellowship podcast once again i am your host here dallas montague today we're joining with another amazing guest justin nava and justin is the founder and owner of a christian business named Nava Church Marketing. And he's going to talk all about that as we bring him onto the show here in a few minutes. But before we do, I wanted to share a testimony with you, something I don't believe I've ever shared on this podcast before. So as many of you know, I am a missionary living in Brazil. I've been living here for three years now. God has done some incredible things. That's another story for another day. But I want to share the testimony of how I was led into missions, how good God is and what he did to provide everything for me. When he called, he provided it all. God funds his plans. That's truly the end of the story there. So what happened was I was in a Christian discipleship program as a young man, and I was in this program for an addiction that had really destroyed my life. And through this program, I met Jesus. I had a Bible. I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have a TV. I didn't have my family around. I didn't have... All of these things that we have in the world, all the distractions, when you remove those distractions and you have a Bible for 16 months, it it just changes your life. And so this is what, what God used to break the addiction off of my life. And I started to have this, I started working in this ministry and I started to have this feeling, I want to serve in ministry. I want to be a missionary. I want to go out and I want to do this. But God, how do I do this? You know, that was the question. And I started to look up ways to do this. I was like, okay, it makes sense. I need to join the U.S. military and then I can be a chaplain and then they'll send me overseas and then I'll be fulfilling that purpose. That's what God is calling me to do, right? I tried to join the military. It didn't work. And then I was like, okay, maybe it's other ministries. Maybe if I join this ministry or that ministry, I know that they're doing work in these places. Maybe that's the way. Everything that I planned failed. Eventually, I just decided, okay, I'm going to stop trying. And when God is ready to send me or he has a plan created for me, then it'll be time to go. And when I stopped trying, God brought up a ministry called Youth with a Mission. Maybe you've heard of it before, YWAM. And God, as soon as he revealed that to me, I saw it everywhere, 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 confirming everywhere. And then I saw, okay, I need $8,000 to do this because I have to do the training missions training. And then they're going to be sending me to Thailand and Cambodia in Asia. So I needed 8,000, but I was living on a ministry budget. I was working in a ministry and I didn't have many finances. There was no way I was going to raise this money in time. And so I started to go church to church of people who knew me before my addiction during my addiction and now after my addiction and i was sharing this testimony that god saved my life and if he can save my life he can save other people's lives and people were so moved and i love what happened here because it wasn't by my words it wasn't by my amazing preaching skills i was just learning how to preach i had no idea what i was doing i was just sharing the love of god for myself for other people what god did to change my life it was by the power of the spirit And God moved in their hearts. And not only did I raise $8,000, I raised $12,000 to go and do this missions training. Remember, I only needed eight. But little did I know is that when I was in Asia during that time, God would call me continuing to Brazil. Thankfully, because of that money being extra raised, right, the extra money, I was allowed to come to Brazil with those finances that were raised by the churches and start living in Brazil as a missionary the first few months until I got situated. And so I just wanted to share that with you, that God knows our needs. He knows what he has for us. He funds his plans. And so I hope that that encouraged you today. If God is calling you to do something, but you're looking in your hands like, God, I don't I don't think I have what it takes. I don't think I have the rule the, the tools, the requirements that I need to go. Look at Moses. God said, what's in your hand, Moses? A staff. God has already placed things in your hand or will be soon placing things in your hand, I believe, to do what he's calling you to do. He funds his plans. He provides everything you need to go and do his purpose. So I wanted to encourage you guys with that, with that today. If you guys are not a subscriber of Faith and Family Fellowship podcast, please join the family on your favorite podcast app. And you can continue to hear our podcast as we're releasing them. I think we're recording close to seven podcasts this week, so we're we're going to be releasing those as they come in. Without further ado, we're going to bring Justin here onto the show after a quick word from our sponsors.
0: You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors.
2: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Holy Spirit Soapbox. In this show, I'll be telling stories, analogies, and devotionals led by the Holy Spirit to hopefully give you a better understanding of God's heart and how to deal with everyday situations. We'll also incorporate Bible verses and questions to meditate on that we hope will really dig into your heart and spirit to bring you closer to our Creator. Also keep in mind, episodes will be uploaded regularly to some of your favorite platforms, so feel free to subscribe to or follow us so you can be updated when a new episode is released or to listen to all of our live episodes. You can also visit holyspiritsoapbox.com to email us, chat with us, ask for prayers, and listen to your favorite episodes there.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas here, joining you with another special guest, Justin Nava. Justin, how are you today? It's such a pleasure to have you. I'm doing fantastic, Dallas. Thank you so much for having me here today. I want to tell our audience today, you are the owner and founder of a company called Nava Church Marketing. So if you guys are interested in church marketing, he is your guy. And so we're going to talk more about that as we go on today. But before we do, Justin, I would love to give you the opportunity to share about your Christian testimony.
2: Hey, I, I appreciate that. And I'm I'm glad to share. That's not a question I get asked a lot and not a, a lot of people know my story. Uh, you know, I have a very, I think I have the story that every person wants for their child. I was born and raised in the church. I was actually fourth generation in my church in Houston, Clay Road Baptist. My great-grandmother went there, my, my grandmother went there, my mom went there, and then I went there. We I we moved away. We're not in the area anymore. Otherwise, my mm-hmm. kids would go there. So I was born and raised in the church and I went to VBS. I went to Sunday school, but my actual conversion took place in my bedroom on a Super Bowl Sunday. My dad had invited friends over who had brought their kids over. And their kids were just mean. They were, I mean, we were in our home. They were using my toys and probably breaking my toys. And it was very frustrating. And in that moment, I realized this is kind of what the teachers were telling me in vacation Bible school, in Sunday school, in uh, RAs was, you know, there is so much that this life has to offer, but the better life, a more hopeful life, a more fulfilled life and joyful life, abundant life. Is available in Jesus Christ, and at that moment, when I, ironically, after I was getting bullied and picked on and just, mm. you know, not having a great time when everyone else was, I realized that there's only so much this world can give us, and so I, re- I literally knelt down Super Bowl Sunday in my bedroom by myself, and that's when I prayed to essentially invite Jesus into my heart and said, "Hey, I, I'm yours, Jesus." Uh, what do I tell me what to do? I'm yours. I'm your servant. Uh, I surrender my life to you. And actually it stayed with me until mother's day. And then I told my mom, Hey, by the way, I'm saved. And she made like a huge deal out of it. And I was like, Oh yeah, we really do need to make a big deal out of this. Uh, it wasn't that long. I don't think, but I mean, it was a couple months and that's kind of what, what happened with my life. And that's, you know, came forward, did a public profession, got baptized. And then in high school, I surrendered to the ministry, knowing that um, I wanted to work full time for God. Uh, at the time, I thought in a church capacity. Now mm-hmm. I'm realizing that it's a little bit more at a scaled capacity, where instead of serving in one church, I get to serve many, and that's uh, that's what brings me to today. I love that you said a story, a testimony that you want your child to have, <laughs> because
1: that's it. You know, fourth generation Christian. I can't even say that about myself. You know, but man, that's that's so amazing that you grew up in the church and you made this decision at a young age. And how old were you when you made this decision?
2: You know, it's one of the things I need I've been meaning to call my home church and ask them what year was my baptism certificate because I don't even know. Uh, if I had to guess, fourth or fifth grade, you know, maybe 9 or 10 years old.
1: And for our audience here, let's walk a few more years into your high school years. So what was that like being a believer? as a high school student.
2: That was something that, you know, I honestly I wish I had better things to say. I did spend a lot of years doing the two life thing where I had friends in high school, I had friends in church, they didn't really mix and it wasn't until really when I surrendered to the ministry that I was like, okay, this is this is something that I don't just live out for half my life but needs to be my entire life and that's kind of where, you know, we talk a lot about compartmentalization. And I was too compartmentalized. My school life and my God life were not always in sync. And, um, you know it needed to be more than just wearing my camp shirt to school and so in high school um my earlier years you know i probably was just like any other high school student i was in band i was a nerd but towards the end of the year after i surrendered my life to to the ministry and realized there's there needs to be more than just going to church there's there's actual discipleship that needs to happen with me my family and my friends um that's when i kind of took it more seriously you know i had I I got out less, but I think the relationships that I did have, I got to develop deeper because it was at a point where it was like, okay, Justin's no longer just taking this as a hobby or inviting me to church to have fun. It's like he actually cares about my life. And for some, like that was fine. And I got to have a really good relationship with those friends. And for others, it was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna sit with Justin at lunch or whatever that looks like. So it was very interesting because I kind of had an almost a second conversion point Mm. in high school. Uh but again, I think that was for the better because because it really like drew lines in the sand and says, you know, Justin's not just taking not just another um, I won't say the name, but there was a church that was like, that's the church to go to. That's the cool mm-hmm. church. That's where all the kids mm-hmm. go. He's not like another one of them where he just reads the uh says the right words and wears the shirts. So it's like there's actually something meaningful here. So that's a little bit of what my high school kind of relationship with with God and others, uh kind of how it turned out.
1: Yeah, thanks, Justin. Because we do have a lot of guests that are pastors, missionaries in this field of serving, but we also have a lot of younger people that listen to our podcast. And so I think a lot of people can relate with you, I myself, about that double life as a high school student. You're trying to figure out who you are, you know, what the Bible says. I believe it, but am I living it? Not exactly, you know, and I'm glad that you found that point. And one more question for you before we, we continue here. Raising your children, you said that you have two children.
2: How has your Christian life impacted your parenting as a father? That's a really good question. I try to take an active role in what that is. And this is something that's a very important to my church as well, as we believe the church isn't the primary discipling discipler of your children. It's the parents. Mm-hmm. And so trying to make sure that my kids see me, they see Jesus as well, not only their father, but also the impact their heavenly father makes. And to when, and then I think also when we think about discipleship, we don't think about our own kids. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's doing little things like praying before meals having that Christian worldview, you know, when, mm-hmm. when you talk about, you know, Noah's flood and, and we go to the museum, you know, the museum says one thing, but you know, we might look at it from a biblical worldview. And so it's just maintaining that where Sunday school isn't the only thing or awana's isn't the only thing, but it's the, the belief we have is something that we live out day to day. And so that's something that I impart in them. Now, one of my kids is seven months old. So, you know, we're just trying you gotta to start okay, early to keep them alive <laughs> at this fifth point. generation. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. But my daughter, you know, is another thing where, you know, we really talk about people. My wife works in medicine. So, you know, mm-hmm. she works to care for God's creation. I work to help more people be known that they're loved as part of their, as part of their creation. Uh, and so, that's what we really try to impart in our kids is just really follow me until you see Jesus. And we're here to answer any questions you have along the way.
1: I love it. I love it. Something I did mention in our previous podcast was that mission starts at home. And I think what you're saying, the four generations, the fifth generation of your children, that that's it. That speaks volumes. Mission starts at home. It's not the church necessarily, Absolutely. like you're saying. It's, it's definitely in the role of the parents. And yeah, Justin, thank you for sharing all of those things. And to get back into it, you started this company, Nava Church Marketing. So please tell us a little bit more about this. What is it? When
2: did you launch this? So I launched it, uh, man, I've been doing church marketing since 2012. So I'm, or or 2000, yeah, 2011, actually. So 11 years now. Uh, And I've been doing it in freelance. I've been working with other agencies. My heart though, really is making sure that the pastor isn't sitting behind a computer, but standing in front of people. And the work that I've been doing before has been really good, but it's been more of kind of filling the gaps while we still do most of the work. And my heart really is, again, to take that load off the pastor. It's great that pastors start cleaning their own bathrooms. You know, It's great that pastors start hanging banners and taking them down and doing all these things themselves. But eventually... They hire janitors, they hire custodial staff, they hire facility managers, they hire, you know, even kids and youth pastors because they're better equipped to do the ministry of that work while the pastor oversees the flock. So often, though, pastors are stuck trying to figure out the website, trying to figure out how to message people, trying to figure out Facebook ads, trying to figure out how to be better seen. And my heart is to do that work for the pastor. My heart is for the pastor not to figure things out, but to just answer the phone when people call, to welcome them and, and to pray with them when they come in person and to really receive the people and equip the, the equip the congregation to receive people that come as guests. And so my goal as, as a company is to do all the work to make the church better known in the community. One, to yes, to bring people into The church, but also so that when the congregation goes out, the congregation is sent to be disciple makers and they say, hey, can we pray for you? By the way, I go to this church. I don't want Mm -hmm. the community members to say, who? Where do you go? I've never heard of them. I want them to say, oh, I've heard of that place. That's the place that does this good work. Or that's the place that does this really good mission work, or that's the place that does these really great kids events, or that really seems to care about my kids, or even better, that's the place that offered to pray for me one time. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge asset to the church. The church marketing should not, and sh- or I guess I'll just say should not, church marketing should not replace discipleship. It should assist with it. And so mm-hmm. that's my heart is that to make it easier for the pastors, not only to save time, but to equip the congregation so that when the congregation goes out into the community, the community is already aware of the church and possibly the community is already engaged with the church. And so when someone goes out and prays and invites them to church or invites them to events, it's not the first time they've heard of that church. It might be the seventh contact. That's the one that says, you know Mm -hmm. what? I'm going to go ahead and take this seriously. Or you know what? I do need this. And the cool thing about it is the, our approach is really a blanket approach. We talk about reaching 10 times more people, not bringing 10 times more people to your church, not even doubling your church. We want you to reach 10 times more people because one of those points is going to be a point where they recognize they need you. So whether that be facilitating, hey, you know, we want to pray for you, or we have this event to help serve you. Bringing people to church service is great, but I really want to create the engagement and show the love of Christ through marketing efforts, not as a way to be transactional, but as a way to be relational. So that's why, really, I started Nava Church Marketing, and I, I I went back and forth, Dallas, I went back and forth on names for so long. What do I do? What's a good name? But when I surveyed the people that I was already working with, they said, Justin, we work with you because we know you, and... You're you're our marketing guy, mm. and so I want to have I watched personally. the video that you posted. Of yeah, thanks for calling me your
1: media guy. Your, your yeah, social yeah media absolutely. Guy. Uh, yeah absolutely yeah
2: absolutely. And so as I try to scale these efforts and bring on a team, I want to make sure that my clients as well as others know, hey, if you're going to work with someone on my team or you're going to work with our company, you are working with me. My name is on this. My reputation is on this. I cannot this will not fail. And I'm just going to go and start another company. Unfortunately, I've seen that in our area of church business. Um, this is this is ride or die. You're going to be with me and everyone on my team is going to have the same values as me, take the same actions as me, be as relentless as I am, be as relational as I am, uh, because that's so important. So that's really why I founded Nava Church Marketing. And our goal is really to be just outrageous. I think God has given a pastor an outrageous vision to leave the secular world and be in ministry or even, Work in the secular world and work in ministry. We have unreasonable faith in a God that re- resurrected from the dead and came and died mm-hmm. to save the entire world. Well, we need unreasonable actions. Uh, it is really unreasonable to invite people to a place to worship and hear about their career. I mean, it really is unreasonable. If it was so reasonable, everyone would be doing it. Mm-hmm. And then, not only that, pastors are relentlessly pursuing this calling that God has laid on their heart. They need someone to relentlessly execute to make sure that that vision is realized. So those three things, outrageous, unreasonable, and relentless, are really the, at the core of Nava Church Marketing and our team. Sometimes our team is even like relentless to me to make sure that I'm on track mm-hmm. too. And that means I hired the right people. So yeah, if that's absolutely. you, if you have an outrageous vision, if you have an uh, unreasonable faith, and you have a relentless pursuit to your calling, you need someone that rises to that level to be your partner in ministry and to help spread the word of your church and your message into the community. So long, long drink, a wa- long walk to a short drink of water. That's mm-hmm. what we are about. That's why I founded this company is to help pastors do more, take stuff off of their plate so they can be pastors, so their church can be disciple Mm -hmm. makers. And we're going to do the work of clarifying your message, of getting you in front of more people that are searching for solutions, searching for services, searching for ministries, but then also getting you in front of more people that don't even know you and don't even know what a church could be. Everyone thinks they know what a church is, but no one Mm -hmm. knows who your church is. That's why I founded Nava Church Marketing. And thank
1: you for being so thorough when explaining this, because I feel like I don't have any more questions because you just you just really
2: <laughs> executed it. But I do want to mention a couple of <laughs> things. Yeah, go <laughs> I ahead. I didn't even ahead. think about that. But yeah, I told you when we started this. <laughs> you said, got you it. That's stop it. Me. You have to rein me in because this is just my passion. This is what it mm-hmm. is. It's obvious to tell that. I want to read a quote that you have on your
1: site that says, if they don't know you, finish it for me. They cannot they can't go to connect you. with you. They can't know mm-hmm. you. That's good. I really like that. Something that Absolutely. you mentioned. Yeah, when I say a, it,
2: it just sounds nicer. If they don't know of you, they can't go to you. I mean, can that's can what it is. It. my website go. says. They can't connect with you. The connection and relationship is so important. But yeah, if they don't know you, they can't go to you. Mm-hmm. When someone, when someone's facing a decision, an opportunity for them to go to your church, they're gonna think of who they know first. And if they can't think of an answer, they're gonna go to someone they know. And if they're someone, if their connection if their referral doesn't know anyone then they're going to go to google your church should come up in all three points it's a fallback they should know you oh man i need help i need someone to get me out of this mess and i'm not talking about just financial or benevolence i need i need someone to help me get a job i'm talking about there i have questions i have eternal questions who do I know that can answer that? Well, I don't know. So let me ask someone I do know. Let me ask the guy from work that's a Christian. Let me ask the guy from work that's a Muslim. Let me ask the let me ask uh, my neighbors. Let me ask my parents. And if they don't know, hey, man, that's a great question. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Then they either need to refer you or that someone, which is get, becoming increasingly more, they're going to go to Google. And so a big part of church ministry and church marketing is getting better seen in Google. So when people not only are searching for churches near me, but kids activities near me, marriage Mm -hmm. counseling near me, um, uh, recovery programs near me, if your church is offering those services and ministries, you should pop up first. Because if you don't, someone else will. And that someone else very well could be a wolf in sheep's clothing like Jesus Mm -hmm. talks about. And Mm -hmm. I would rather them connect with your Bible-believing church And instead of being uh, misled into another church to where they think they're Christians, but in the end, they're really not, and they may be turned away. And that's like that keeps me up at night. So I want to make sure that these churches that are God-fearing, Bible-believing churches are the ones that appear when people are searching for answers. Mm -hmm. I I like your
1: approach because your approach was saying, I want to give the pastor the time to be with the people, to be with his flock and to lead them and pastor them, disciple them. And I think that I, I don't hear that when people talk about marketing, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make your business grow, triple your church membership. You know, your approach, you didn't start with that. You started with, I want the pastor
2: to be able to do his job. It's just yeah.
1: that, it's just that simple.
2: And and that's yeah. amazing. And, and the last thing I want is to bring 200 people to your church and only two stay, right? Mm. I know church growth is one of those things where it's like, that's the marketing term. And, and I I'd use that term too what I really want is church relationships. I would mm-hmm. rather, instead of 200 people come to your church and only two stay, I would rather 20 people come to your church and 18 stay. Mm-hmm. I don't want two people to stay. I would rather have more, less people come, but they're going to be connected. Dallas, I believe every church is uniquely equipped to uniquely reach a unique group of people, whether that's in America or anywhere else on the globe. You know, if if every church was supposed to essentially be the same, then every city should just have one church, right? Yeah. But God's calling thousands of churches to be planted every year because there is a group of people that is not connected with the church and not hearing the message because the churches aren't equipped to serve these people. I mean, a really good example is go to any town, you'll find English-speaking churches, Spanish-speaking churches. Korean-speaking churches, Mandarin-speaking churches, uh, there are tr- there are numerous churches for different speakers because that's how they will hear the word. But even mm-hmm. further than that, there's churches that are equipped to speak to families. There are churches. My favorite clients, and I'm not afraid to say this, my favorite clients are churches that are th- that are planted to go after boomers to say the mm-hmm. world is leaving you behind. Jesus hasn't, and so they don't have kids ministries. They they barely have a, they have like a nursery in the back and. But they'd rather your kids be in service because they are equipped. They're not going after your kids. They're going after you, and you might just yeah. have your grandkids with you. And mm-hmm. so those I have two clients I have two churches, church clients that are like, we are here for the older generation, the senior generation that feels like the world has left them behind, But Jesus hasn't. Our church hasn't. Yeah. We are here. We have a traditional service, and we are unapologetic about it. And I love that. And so yeah. we take approach. We're not trying to bring more families to your church. We're trying to bring the people that are looking for the church they grew up with that doesn't exist anymore because they don't know you. And so that's my favorite thing. So, absolutely, you know, my goal is not to do what every other church is doing. My goal is to find out what makes your church unique. What's your unique way of doing church, your unique gifts, your unique leadership, your unique classes? You know, you write unique sermons, you create unique worship sets. You should have unique representation of your church. That's part of being accurate and accurately representing your church. Because the last thing I want, Someone to move in the area says, you know what? We we got a new house, we're in a new season of life. Let's try church. And they go to your church and they're misled because online says one thing, but when they come in person, it's an entirely different thing. And so, you know, you really have to clarify exactly who you are and then make that known in the community. And again, you might go to a thousand people. I would love to see a thousand people come to your church. You're not equipped to reach those thousand people, but there are a hundred people in there that you are equipped to serve. And there are maybe 20 that are like ready and willing to make a decision and be a part of that covenant relationship that is church membership and are ready to hear the word. And out of that thousand, maybe in the year to come, two years, three years, four years, those 20 people are actually a hundred because they're just not ready to hear it yet. And so it's a process. It's not a run this one ad Mm -hmm. and see 80 people come to your church. No, it's which is what most you. people want. That's why they get advertising. It, it really oh is. yeah, and, quick
1: fix. Let's go. Quick fix. Quick fix. Yeah.
2: And, and but that's not what I am. I'm not a vitamin shop. I'm not here to give you a supplement. I'm here to be your almost like your primary physician. This is going to be something we're going to grow into, uh, or personal trainer, however you want to describe it. This is something that we're going to figure out together. Who you are, what your goals are, what what is your vision, what are the goals that we need to hit along the way to see that vision become a reality. Um and so that's really my goal and and, and again most, all my in fact i would say all my clients except for one uh are churches between 80 and 150 because they're just trying to get to that next point to where they can either birth off into new churches or once we get to this point we can actually have the resources to really see the discipleship vision that god's given us come to the next season and so that's really where my heart is and again I don't want to sell software. I don't want to even sell coaching programs. This is is something I was talking to my mentor about this morning. I was like, my heart really is making sure that the pastor can do his job and there are no distractions. The last thing I want is for a pastor to spend his Saturday night figuring out why the website went down. Oh, the Mm -hmm. website went down on a Saturday night. I got to figure this out. You're pulling time away from your family. You're pulling time from the spiritual and mental preparation of shepherding the flock on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. That's our job. Yeah.
1: Incredible. And for our audience, for those who are looking for someone like you, can you tell us some of your features, some of your promotion options? What exactly do you offer? You're kind of talking about like brand awareness, all
2: these things that you're saying here. What else can you tell us about your promotion? Yeah. I mean, really what it is, is we're going to help you figure out who you are. We're going to help you clarify who you are. I think a lot of people say, why should I go to your church? Right? Uh, Well, you should go to my church because we meet at 11 Mm a.m. That's not a reason to go to church. (laughs) Right? Like, great. Like I get to sleep in a little bit, but is that really? No. Our church is here because there are people that are keeping you down. It feels like you can't get to that next season in life and something is missing at our church. We're going to answer those hard questions. We're going to help you figure out exactly who you are, what you were put on, on this planet for, so you can experience true, joyful life and live in abundance that you were created to live. You feel like something is missing? Absolutely. You're going to find it at our church. In fact, you won't even find it at our church. We're going to come to you and help you find it, right? That's a powerful message. That is something more than we meet at 11 and we have an exciting modern worship, right? Every church has that. We're going to help you find that unique voice and communicate that out into the community. That's branding. Uh, And then we help you. I mean, like we do the websites, we do the SEO, we do Facebook ads, we do Google grant uh, and Google ads, which by the way, if you didn't know, and this is for anyone. This is not just for pastors or church leaders. This is for everyone. Because if you have just a lay member, just a, a church member, church attendee listening to this, trying to get encouragement, the most encouraging thing is when you go to and see someone talking up your church. Or if you invite them to church and they already heard about it, they already know about it. That makes our jobs as disciples easier. Mm. That makes our jobs as church members easier and lay leaders easier. And it helps us become disciples because we don't have to do that weird thing where it's like, how do I tell them about Jesus? They've already heard about it because they've seen the work your church has done. And so instead of being the first time someone's heard about your church, you're the seventh time to where that's the time when like, I've heard about this place so many times. Let's do it. Let's, <laughs> Let's move cool. forward with this, right? Yeah. Um, I think we all have that internal conflict in our own relationships with our friends or our family or our spouses where we keep saying something and they come home and they're like, we're going to do it because someone else told me about it. And you're like, I've been saying this the whole time. But instead of I'm the first time you're hearing about my church. I'm the last time you're hearing about it. And now you're going to finally do something about it because you kept hearing about it. You heard about them on the radio. You saw them out in the community. You saw a Google ad. You saw a Facebook ad. You saw us in Google when you were searching for parent resources, whatever that might be. That's what we do. And essentially what it is, I mean, we could talk about all the technical details, but what it is is if a church wants to make more disciples and make a greater impact, And but they're just irrelevant. They're the best kept secret and they want to no longer be the place. We're the ones to take you out from obscurity. We're the ones to take you from unknown to best known. I want people to know your church like they know the local Walmart. People know where Walmart is. People Mm -hmm. know when it's open. People know what to expect when they walk in the doors. The same thing is true for your church. They should know where you are. They should know when you're open. They should know what to expect When they communicate with you, when they engage with you, when they send you a message, when they send you a text, when they comment on a Facebook post, and when they come into the doors, they should know what to expect. And that, whatever that message is, I know when I go in these doors, I'm going to find a family. I'm Mm going to find answers. I'm going to find purpose. I'm going to find community, whatever that is, because every church is unique. You need to find that unique voice. And the reason why church marketing hasn't worked for your church, if you're thinking, well, we tried that, we did that before, I helped run that, or I saw that happen and it didn't work, it didn't work because it was link it. It was for everyone. Your church is not like every other church. You need something unique. That's what I'm here to do. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, branding, website, SEO, Facebook ad, Google ads, public relations, all that stuff. Yeah, we do all that. But really what it comes down to is I don't want to make you a pretty website. I want to make you a website that helps you disciple more people, that helps Mm -hmm. you make an impact, that helps you grow the kingdom. And if it doesn't do that, if your website does not align with your church's vision, then it's it doesn't matter if it's free, it's a waste of, it's a waste of resources. That's what we're here to do. And for the type of clients that you take on,
1: is it only churches or is it also ministries, also individuals like missionaries and things like this?
2: Tell us yeah, a little bit about we, that. Yeah, we we do faith based organizations. Uh, we're kind of phasing out businesses. We kind of did businesses for a while. In fact, our best performing assets were business. It was a lawyer website and a fencing website. It's just, it's just like one of those things if we can bring people to church we can get them to sign up with your business that's that's the easy part uh, but we really are phasing that part out we're really focusing on churches and faith-based organizations you know if your organization is focused on getting more awareness out whether you know you want to get more volunteers get more donations or just bring more people into whatever the ministry is a ministry I love that we're looking at working with is a is a is a prison ministry to help uh prisoners who get out transition into the real world without falling back on the old patterns or you know whatever that might be. We help them transition. I'm like, I love that. And it's the same thing. They need to raise awareness because they need volunteers. They need the prisoners to know they, they can do the, in, the in-reach in the prison, but they need to know also that, hey, if you have family that are coming out of prison, we can help them. If you have friends that are coming out of prison, we can help them. If you just got out, we can help you. And then Mm -hmm. other churches are looking for opportunities to minister to these people. We have the resources. So again, it's all getting the word out, getting the word out and engaging with people where they are. Instead of waiting for them to come to you, we can go out and be aggressive and go out where they are. I have a question about the pandemic because I believe the pandemic changed
1: a lot of things,
2: (laughs) right? Sorry, It changed a lot of things
1: for churches and church marketing and all of these things that you're discussing here. So what what can we learn from,
2: from the pandemic when it comes to churches or church marketing? Oh, man. Well, you said to keep this uh, 20, 40 minutes. So, <laughs> I mean, there are yeah. so much to learn. And, and my heart is this. I, th- I think what a lot of churches learned was there was a lot of over-reliance on leadership to do the work of the ministry. And when I say that I mean like a lot of people were doing that, hey, go to church. Now you're my pastor's problem. Now your mm-hmm. salvation is in my pastor's hands. And pastors didn't realize, or maybe they knew it but didn't thought they had time to figure it out, was that the pastor should not be the lead disciple maker. Should not be the only one in charge. And a lot of when when everything hit, hit when everything went out, right? Mm-hmm. Pastors were like, "Well, not only do I have to care for my flock, but now I have to care for all these people that like I have to figure out what I'm going to do here instead of the church and congregation being equipped to do the work, to do the, to do the, 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 the reaping, the sowing, the plowing and the harvesting, it was all on the pastor's shoulder. And in fact, there was a new research that came out that like 40% or maybe 50%. I can't remember the exact number, but way too many pastors. were like ready to throw in the towel because they were overworked, overstressed and didn't know what to do because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so I think what we're doing is a, we're realizing that we have to share the load, I mean, I, so many pastors were calling me, how do I figure out a live stream? I said, first of all, you shouldn't be doing the live stream. You should have someone else to do the live stream. Who can we talk to, to take this off your shoulders? So again, you can focus on preaching, you can focus on teaching, and then you can focus on shepherding. You should not be f- focusing on uh, aperture and depth and live mm-hmm. streaming and TCPIP yeah. ports, any of that stuff. No, RTMP ports, whatever mm-hmm. that is. You should focus on pastoring. So I think the pandemic showed that, hey. Running a church needs to be a community effort. It needs to be a congregational effort. There are leadership, but discipleship and all the other things need to be focused on the congregation so you can spread the word. Um, The other thing too, I mean, obviously knowing how to do live streaming, how to connect with people online, that was a big deal. I think we all realized how much discipleship, including myself, how much discipleship can occur online. I mean, if you're talking about sharing the gospel and helping others become more like Christ and becoming sanctified, there's a lot that you can do online. I mean, Mm -hmm. even in our discipleship circles, the men's group, the men's discipleship, you meet once a week, but a lot of the growth is done during the week through texting through uh calling someone you know and, and using these opportunities to say hey man i need i need i need some help okay i'm on my way right that mm. would not be possible if it wasn't for these online uh, uh excuse me internet tools and digital tools that we have available to us so absolutely i think that's the biggest thing that's what i saw i mean as a marketer pastors were calling me and i'm like your congregation needs to be doing this, man. Okay. So we're going to figure this out now, but the end goal needs to be, we need to be able to equip our people, not just to spread the word, but also help you in these ministry efforts. And uh, and and a lot of people are looking at this is uh, this Christmas is going to be huge for a lot of churches. They're going to have the biggest Christmas they've ever had because people realized what they were missing. People weren't going to Christmas because they didn't care. Now they realize there's, 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 there's more to care about, like in person has value. And so what we need to be careful of is pastors and leaders going back to, we're going to be very stage heavy and very building heavy instead of, well, you know what, for a time we couldn't have more than 10 people at once. So we're going to have church in groups, or mm-hmm. we're going to have church in the restaurants you know, or or whatever it is. And I think we had some really great discipleship opportunities and growth. A lot of people learned what it looked like to do church outside the building, like pretty much everywhere else in the world in America. And I think a lot of churches learned that. And so I think that's a big thing we learned to come back to is it's not about the pastor, it's not about the leadership, it's about the congregation carrying the word out and spreading the word out. And again, that's why I say the marketing is not to replace that, it's to be an asset alongside that. Yeah. I hope that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a great place to end our time together today. Everything you shared was was a, a very open vision. I think that's the best way to, to say it, mm-hmm. is that the things that you're saying, I'm not hearing other people speak these words. And so I think that you carry a unique calling and your business, it seems like it's an amazing thing. And so please, I want to
2: encourage our audience, check out his website. Where can we find your website? Uh, You can go to navachurchmarketing.com. If you love podcasts, we have a weekly podcast. I would encourage you to do that. Look in your favorite podcast app. Look on YouTube. Our podcast, our show is called The Best Known Church Show. Because uh, again, we want to make your church the best-known organization in the community. It's one thing to be the best-known church; everyone's heard of that church. I want you to be the best-known organization. People should know you, like I said, like they know Walmart, like they know where the local grocery store is. Like we, they know where the local bank is. They should know you like they know them. So that's the best-known church show. I, that's that's the best way to find us and get in contact with us and start getting con- connected with you know what is this marketing plan? And yeah, we do. I mean, we're we're here when we start doing business. We're doing it with the leaders, but. If you want to look at it as like, hey, I could be my church, my church's marketing man. I could be the one to help them promote and generate awareness, and get more people knowing the church. And you know, once they know you, then they can connect with you. Then yeah, it's going to be a valuable show because we talk about all the resources and strategies that you can use to make uh, more people known, know know your church. That's why you're such a professional behind the mic because you're a podcaster. It makes
1: total sense yeah. now.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I've been I've been doing podcast, uh, man, since twenty seven twenty, man, and thousands of people have been encouraged. And I mean, the stories that come out of it, it's like now nah, podcasting. I'm never not going to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> incredible. That's, incredible! That's the best place. Best place to go find us. Uh, best known church show in your favorite podcast app or YouTube. I will definitely check it out. Thank you, Justin, for everything that you shared with us today. If I can have you end our time together with a prayer, I would really appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, Dear Lord, thank you for this time together. Um, You are an amazing God and you just give us so many opportunities. And Lord, lean heavy on us, on our hearts, that we do your work, that we see your work, we see the opportunities, we see the world like you see it, that our hearts, yearn for what you yearn for, that our hearts break for what breaks yours, that we see your creation as one that you died for. And in anything we do and everything we do, that we see it through your eyes, with your heart, that we pray for what you want to see happen, that we act in the ways that you want us to act. You've done some outrageous things, some unreasonable things, and you are relentless in your pursuit to to call us back home to you. And let us see the world just with just as much out, with just as much of an outrageous vision to see your vision happen with just as much unreasonable actions, just as you are unreasonable in sending your son and just as relentlessly, just as you never gave up on us, even, our, and even in our darkest and deepest, darkest pits and valleys in our lives, you never gave up. You never turn your back on us. I pray that we see the world just like you did. We live out our faith um, and just challenge us to take it to that next level, to be more like you, to be more like your son so that we can be the light in the world, the salt of the earth. Give us the courage to go out and do the work of you, your ministry that you're calling us to do. Amen.
0: You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.